Welcome to Live Unreal with Jeff Glover and Glover U. All right, let's have some fun. So, first objection. Jeff, in this market, I could easily sell the house myself. What do I need you for? Well, first things first, it sounds like this is something from a for sale by owner. And my response to a for sale by owner in that setting would be to focus on, for whoever asked this question, to focus on your value of getting them to the closing table and not in helping them find buyers. In fact, I'll even say to the for sale by owner, oh my gosh, uh, you're right. You, you don't need me to find a buyer today. With inventory being so low, you can probably put up a for sale sign and have three buyers tomorrow. I don't blame you for thinking that. And did you know, right now, two thirds of real estate agent assisted transactions do not make it to the closing table? at the same price and terms as originally negotiated? Did you know that? Right now, you have a 66% chance of entering into an agreement with a buyer more than half the time that, that contract's getting renegotiated or falling apart because of inspection, appraisal, uh, occupancy, disagreements, finance issues. So you're not hiring me to find a buyer. You don't need me for that. You're hiring me to get it to a closing table. Because now let me step out of the role play for a second. When you think about your transactions, all right, let's just say your last five transactions. Honestly, how many of them got to the closing table with no issues at all? Think about it. Five, last five transactions. How many of them got to the closing table with no challenges or no changes and no addendum? Not many. Now, if you tell them, hey, you're going to have a 100% chance, they're not going to believe you. So at least we know it's gonna be always at least two thirds. So when a for sale by owner or any seller says to you, hey, I can sell this on my own, I don't, I don't, I don't need, what do I need you for? Well, here's the deal, you can sell this on your own. You can find a buyer probably tomorrow with inventory being as low as it is. And did you know you right now have a two thirds chance of getting into an agreement with a buyer and having to renegotiate that sale? because of something that happens through the transaction, that's where I come in. My value is getting you to the closing table. And then from there, I just follow up for five weeks. Next, I absolutely hate real estate people. I had this listed three times and it's not selling. Why should I hire you? What's your response to this? That's exactly why we need to meet. That's my response. That's exactly why we need to meet. And I might go on and further say, well, here's the deal. We know, and I would acknowledge that you're obviously frustrated and I don't blame you for being frustrated if you already had three agents, what's a fourth gonna do differently? And there's a reason why some agents sell more homes than others. Because if we all did the same things, we'd just all get the same results. There's a reason why some agents sell more homes than others. Because if we all did the same things, we'd all get the same results. And so it sounds to me like it was either price, it's, we, we know it's only one of these three things, price, condition, or marketing. So let me ask you a question. How did you feel about your price? We were priced fine. Okay, what's the condition of your home? The condition of our home is great, it's been updated. All right, and how did you feel about the agent's marketing? Terrible, that's why it hasn't sold. That's exactly why we need to meet. So when they say to you that they've had it listed, why should I hire you? We're Basically, they're trying to clump all real estate. Whenever they're trying to clump all of us together in one, 
I'll say, well, there's a reason why some agents sell home, more homes than others. And if we all did the same things, we'd all get the same results. And that's exactly why we need to meet. Because in my, in my experience, what I know is it's only one of three things that it didn't sell. It's either price, condition, or market. How confident are you in the price? That's the right price. And what's the condition? It's great. So then it must be marketing. And based on your experience, that's why I think we need to get together to the person that asked that one. Okay, next. Why should I sell now when my interest rate is so low? We getting that one often right now? Oh yeah. If you're, if you're making your 15, 20, 25 contacts a day, you'll get this one every day. If you're talking to 15, 20 people a day, you'll get this every day. So if you have a clean sheet of paper in front of you, I'd probably write down some of these responses that I'm gonna give you. Why should I sell now when my interest rate is so low? Well, first things first, before I give you a script, please know that people don't move for financial reasons. The financial piece is a byproduct. The, the, the gain or loss in uh, income or expense, the increase of expense or the decrease of expense, that's a byproduct of what happens when they move. If they go up, they've got more expenses. If they go down, they have less expenses. Most don't move. Now, if it was 2008, 2009, 2010, that was very common. People were downsizing for financial reasons. Most people don't actually move for financial reasons. You could even argue, well, Jeff, that's not true. A lot of people downsize and you know they save money. Well, sure, and that's a benefit of downsizing, but usually they're downsizing. You ever notice when you talk to someone who downsizes, they also want a first floor master? They also want a smaller yard, less to take care of. Well, what does that have anything to do with money? Lifestyle. People move for lifestyle, you know, unless it's a death in an estate or something like that. Anyways, people don't move for financial reasons in most cases would be my, I wouldn't respond with that, but I want to make sure we understand that. So when they say, why should I sell when my interest rate is so low? My question is this. I don't blame you. Well, first of all, I'm always starting off a statement of agreements. I'm always agreeing with them. I'm always smiling. We're always on the same page. I'm with you on that. Why, you know, I'd probably be asking the same thing if I was moving right now, so I don't blame you for thinking that. You understand when you agree with someone initially, they tune in to what you have to say. And when you disagree, they tune you out. It's like a wall goes up when you disagree with someone because you know that when you disagree with someone, you're actually indirectly making them wrong. And when you make someone wrong, instead of listening to what you're saying, they start processing why they could be wrong and coming up with ways that they're not. Their brain moves on. They're not even listening to what you're saying. So it's like a breath of fresh air when we get an objection and we respond with this, because most of your competitors aren't doing this. Oh, I don't, I don't blame you for thinking that. In fact, if I was moving right now, I'd probably have that same concern. And I'm curious, would you be comfortable in your current home for the next decade? Write that down and I'll explain where I'm going with this. And I'm curious, you got a great interest rate, probably what, three and a half, four percent? Oh yeah, we're at 3.75, oh yeah, awesome. And knowing the benefit of the 3.75% interest rate, would you be comfortable staying in your current home for the next 10 years? Well, why would I stay in the house for the next, I'm gonna get that thing. Why would I stay in my house for the next 10 years? Well, because it's possible that interest rates might stay where they're at for 10 years. Whoa, where did that come from? Huh, where'd you come up with that? 
Well, watch. If you go back to the year 2000, I started the business in 03, but I, I, I saw enough stats, you know, from years before to know that from the year 2000 to the year 2010, interest rates averaged about 6%. You know, they might have went down to 55 They might have went up to 6.75. But for the most part, they hovered at 6% for a 10-year period. So if they stay somewhere between 6 and 7%, which is where they're at right now, in theory, what you just told me is you'd be comfortable staying in your house until they go down, because that's why you're moving. Well, no, I, I, we wouldn't stay here for another 10. So what happens if in two years they're the same? Well, then I guess we would maybe consider moving now, but we don't know that they are gonna be. You're right, I don't know that they are gonna be. I don't have a crystal ball. And what I do know is history repeats itself. And if it happened from the year 2000 to 2010, why couldn't it happen from the year 2022 to the year 2032? It's a 10 year stretch. A more tactical thing you could potentially do, and this would be another question I want you to write down. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay, this is, whether you can do this or not is another story, but I still wanna ask the question, I wanna see where their thought process is. When they say to you, well, why should I sell now? My inch, I, I have such a great rate. It's just not high on my radar. Well, let me ask you a question. If I could convince the seller of the house you go to buy to give you concessions to buy down your rate, would you consider moving then? So forget about rate for a second. Rate, rate's six and a half percent. If we could get your rate bought down, again, I'm not saying I can convince the seller to do this. This is just an if question. If we could get your rate bought down to four or four and a half or five or whatever the number is that you'd be comfortable with, would that change your situation? Oh, heck yeah, I'd move tomorrow. Now, most aren't gonna say that, because here's why. Remember, people don't move for financial reasons. Here's what'll happen, the real condition or objection will come out. Honestly, Jeff, that sounds great, but you know, my kid's got two years left of high school and. We really don't want to be moving around. We, we, we want to make sure, you know, she gets to finish out the year, you know, her senior year. We're going to have the graduation party here. It's probably going to be better for us and our family at that time. Bingo. There's the real answer. They're not moving for two years. And I might even take it a step further and say, well, I can certainly appreciate that. And I probably wouldn't want to move a kid either if they've got a year left in school and that's disruption and you're going to have a great graduation party. And if it was possible that you could stay within the same high school and make the move, is that something that's on your radar? Well, potentially, but then it goes back to the interest rate and we only got two years left, right? So I'm just digging a little deeper. I'm not asking the surface level questions. I'm always agreeing, I'm always smiling. I'm always bought into whatever it is they're saying first. I'm gonna give you one more on this one. Man, this, is, this one's so important because we get it so regularly. I'm gonna give you one more on this one. Why should I sell when my interest rate is so low? Well, what if you wait and prices go up 10 to 15%? What if you wait? What if interest rates come down, but prices go up? By the way, you could do the math. You can do the math on, let's just take a $300,000 house. I don't even know what the number is because you know I'm just picking a number. $300,000 house, interest rate right now, 6.5%. Do the math. What do you think it's going to go down to? Well, I'd be happy if it went down to 4.5. Cool. What's the number at 4.5 times how much per month will you save? times 12 months per year, times how many years you stay in, you think you'll stay in the house, five years, okay, what is that number? That number is $26,000. If they go from 6.5% to 4.5% that I'll save by waiting for a lower interest rate. Love it. 
27 grand, I don't blame you for wanting to wait. What happens if prices go up 30? We're in the same situation. So when you're getting the, why should I do this now? Why should I consider doing this now? Rates are so high. There are a handful of answers to help you out with that one. Okay, next. If you have a seller that's considering updating their kitchen, bathrooms, et cetera, to get more money on the selling price, what do you tell them? Do you tell them to do it or not? Well, I follow a three to 5% rule. And so what that means is if they can make repairs to their home that is no more than three to 5% of its value, I'm probably gonna make some of them. For instance, carpet, paint, flooring, um, light fixtures, right? If you figure three to 5% of a $300,000 house is somewhere between nine and $15,000. So if, if we can get all of the carpets replaced, for 7,500 bucks, for 10 grand, whatever it is, let's do it. If we can get the light fixtures replaced for, you know, four or $5,000, let's do it. As long as I'm, I'm making recommendations that are not gonna exceed three to 5% of the home's value, oftentimes I make those recommendations if I do believe it's gonna help them sell. Well, how do I know what recommendations to make? Well, first of all, use that rule. The second thing is, is I would make sure you get your hands on every year the Association of Home Builders, I couldn't tell you what it is. I mean, it might be the National Association of Home Builders. Canada probably has one too. There's an association of home builders and they uh, create a report, it's free, you can all access it. We actually created during COVID, uh, some of you may remember this, you've been following us for a while. We created a, a um, website, a landing page called improvemyshelter.com. And we did that because so many people, you could, it, it's still active. Um, we did that because People were uh, staying in their homes and making improvements. So we found a way to generate leads through COVID because people wanted to know if I do this repair, will I get this return? So how we did that, of course, you know, there's some algorithms and things in, in how we designed it, but basically we just used the profile or the, the national home builder um, improvement, home improvement, and it tells you, all right, if you're in the Midwest and you, you know, you get California closets, it's gonna add 87%. You're gonna get, or you're gonna get 87% of that investment back, right? If you're, in, if you're in the Southeast and you, you know, uh, remodel the kitchen, you're gonna get 72% of that return back, right? Well, most, most home improvements, you get a negative return, but there's some that you get a positive. You guys know most of those, flooring, carpet, paint, decluttering, that kind of thing. Okay. Objection. My wife and I, would like to pray on it before we decide signing with a realtor. Okay. Now, depending on what level of rapport you have, there's two paths you can take this. So when they say to you, Jeff, you know, this is a big decision. My wife and I would like to pray on this before we decide. My response in most cases is, who do you think sent me? <laughs> It sounds to me like you've already done some praying because I'm here. <laughs> now, if your rapport level isn't the greatest yet, uh, and we have coaching clients that do this, and we've taught this for years too, well, let's pray together. Yes. Because if that is something that's important to them and you respond with that, they actually may respect that. They might say, hey, that's great. You like to pray, we like to pray too. Let's pray together. Great, all right, next. House prices in this neighborhood are on the decline. How do you get this person to list with you when all the news says prices are going to the moon? By the way, I lost my timer. Is that intentional? I had a timer. I lost it. 
Huh? Oh, time expired. Thank you. Well, I got a few more. So uh, our break's at three. So let's just go ahead and set the timer for five minutes. I'll get through these in five minutes. Set it for five minutes, please. House prices in this neighborhood are on the decline. How do you get this person to list with you when all the news says prices are going up? All right, thank you for submitting this. Well, first of all, you go back to the CMA, actives, pending, solds. And I would go back to where are they moving and why? Remember, everything's relative. Okay, you're, if you're, if you're going to wait until prices go up, then, then, you know, for your current home, because you want to maximize the home's value, then you're going to pay more for the house you buy. If you wait for prices to come down when you go buy and you own a home, you're going to get less for your house. It's all relative. All right, so I would go back to the CMA on that one and make sure they understand what's going on specifically in the neighborhood. What's the most embarrassing listing appointment objection you, you have had? Most embarrassing listing appointment objection. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it an objection, but I've gone to the ho wrong house multiple times. I mean, I don't know how that happens, but multiple times. I mean, to the point of where like I was invited in and shook the seller's hand, went right into the script. That I thought they were the seller and they show, uh, they didn't show me to their kitchen. I said, I said, would you mind showing me to your kitchen? They said, so, they said, well, what are you here for? Is this one, two, three banana street? That's our neighbor. We've done that multiple, not just, I mean, literally probably I can, I, I'm almost to two hands that I, I've done that. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. Um, Embarrassing thing, I, I've done this probably multiple times too. Uh, I mean, you have to understand, since 2003, I mean, even, you know, I had 10 years, from 2008 to 2019, I never dropped below 100 sales. I mean, that was, that was my number. If I'm gonna be, if Glover U is gonna be credible, I had, I had two things I had to do. I had to get a team to 1,000 units, so that way the leaders would respect me. I had to, to be able to show that I could recruit, train, and develop, and coach, so that way leaders in the industry would respect me. And I needed to personally sell 100 homes a year, not once, not twice, not three times, but 10 years in a row. That was my number. And by the way, when I did both those things, the next year we launched Glover U. I felt it was appropriate. I had the credibility to do so. So if I'm selling 100 homes a year, most of them listings, by the way, out of 100 sales, you know, 70 to 80% were always sellers. Um, you go on a lot of appointments. I mean, just do the math. So. There was a lot of appointments where I brought the wrong comps, and that is a little embarrassing. But here's how you pivot from that when that happens. Um, you just turn it into a two-step appointment. So, you know, I've multiple times, I've had to open my folder and look and see, oh gosh, I got the wrong comps. Actually, I did it last year on this stage. You guys remember that when I did the listing presentation, we had to stop the presentation? So I guess I gotta work on my, my GPS skills and I gotta work on my comps. And so I just turned it into a two-step appointment. I, I slowly take the comps out of the folder. I've, had, I've done this enough. I know, this, I know the technique when I do this. I slowly take the comps out of the folder and I'm distracting them with my papers and putting them right on top. Because you don't want them to see that you brought the wrong comps if this happens. So I put them right on top and I say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, here's how this is gonna go. I like to do my appointments in two steps. You won't ever find that in our listing script, by the way. <laughs> but you have to pivot. So I'd like to review your house, ask you some questions, and just to make sure I get it right, I'm gonna come back with a full-blown market analysis. You know, a lot of agents will come in here and they'll just throw some actives and solds at you. I'm actually gonna go a little bit deeper now that I've been in your house. I wanna treat it like an appraiser would. I'm gonna do a very thorough analysis. I'm gonna come back and, and go through that with you. Does that sound fair? Oh yeah, we'd love that. <laughs>
Next, do you have a lucky pair of underwear that you wear to listing appointments? You have a lucky pair of underwear that you wear to listing appointments. Why would you wear underwear? Somebody gets it. It's a different way of life, higher quality. All right. Seller says he needs to sell all his belongings. Uh, he's a collector. Won't put it in storage. Won't throw anything away. Costs too much. Da, 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 da. Here's the deal. Whenever you get somebody that wants to do work to their house or, you know, sell all their stuff off or, well, we need to declutter and all this, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, stop right now. I have dozens of stories of sellers who have made improvements to their home and lost money on those improvements. Don't put another dime or another piece of energy into improving your home until I take a look and I'm going to be around the corner from you later tonight. I'll swing by and I'll give you some suggestions on things you can do. I can probably save you a ton of money. Well, you know, the house isn't really in show condition and da, 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 da. Nope, don't do anything. Leave it just the way it is. In fact, I had a seller just last spring. They, they called me up and said, Jeff, we're so excited. We got everything ready. We put in a new kitchen, we did this. They put $80,000 into their house. You know what, it only improved their value by about $30,000. Can't have that happen, so let me come out first. So use that as a reason to come out first. Okay. Uh, let's see, we already covered that one. All right. Actual text led from a text from a lead today. Uh, I know my house is worth in the lower 600s. I've had several offers I don't want to list. In other words, you're telling them maybe it's worth less. Me, I responded with listing the home will maximize how much you can make. The lead responded with, I understand, but I'm not interested in that. I'm very fair and reasonable and know some people that would love my house. Okay, write this down. Number one, whoever this person is, you need listing mastery because we, we teach this at a high level. Write this down. No one is excited about listing their home for sale. Do not talk to them about listing their home for sale. Talk about where they're going and why. No one's excited about having a sign in the yard, a lockbox. Remove that from your vocabulary. Why are you selling? And then from there, I would probably use, in this case, uh, an example. I would use the auction effect as an example. You guys might remember back in the day, banks would you know, put, put the price low and they'd put right in remarks, we're not accepting any offers the first seven days because they want to fully maximize the home's value. You, here's another thing I want you to write down. You can't change someone's mind with one reason. You got to give them two to three examples. You can't just say, well, if we put the house on the market, then we can maximize the value. How does that maximize the value? Tell me how that process is going to work. Why does that maximize my home's value? Give me specifics. Okay. Ah, we already covered that one too. Okay. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Hmm. I work in a small geographic, higher-end resort market area. How do I overcome possible buyer-sellers who state very long-term? Oh, they have very long-term relationship with current agents. They feel like they're stepping on toes by switching to me. Have no fear. You can't be scared of this. I mean, do you know how often I've went up against the number one agent in the neighborhood, the agent that lives in the neighborhood? By the way, almost every time I lost, more times than I won. But that's okay, I still won sometimes. So I don't care who owns the neighborhood, I'm going after it. And by the way, that's why we teach hybrid farming. The person that's been sending postcards and doing all that other stuff, they're gonna lose when they hear from me once per month. Okay, uh, that, again, we covered that. 
A friend who wants to buy my house and his attorney will be able to do the paperwork. We don't really need you. Okay, well, hold on. They're doing the paperwork, I get that, but what about the negotiations? Pre-closing, post-closing, occupancy, financing, getting, you know, this is where you'd go back to, you're hiring me to get you the closing table. Jeff, you're so cute, I love your suit. Thank you, thank you. Oh, this is nice. I don't have a question, but wanted to relay my immense gratitude to those that donated the three tickets to this event. I'm lucky enough to be able to be there to be one of those winners. This is my first Glover U event and it has been amazing. I very much appreciate the opportunity. Sincerely, Jane in Birmingham. Okay. We had, um, we had uh, three of our attendees say, you know what? This has done so much for me, I wanna pay it forward and, and pay for their tickets. That was kind of them. Okay, I worked with an agent at your company already and they stink, why would I work with you? There's a reason why some agents sell more homes than others. It's not the company that gets the home sold, it's the individual agent's activities, hello. <laughs> when you finally get that expired seller on the phone, all they agree to do is, I will do a one-time listing appointment, bring me your buyer, I'm not signing a new listing. Great, can't wait to meet you. I actually get fired up when they say, you can come out, but we're not signing anything. You're probably wasting your time. Oh, let's go, it's on. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jeff, I like you, but I'm not sure I have enough equity in my house to be able to pay the 7% fees to realtors. I would end up selling for a loss. Could I sell to an investor or sell by owner? What makes you think by selling by owner, you're going to net more? Talk to me about that. What makes you think by selling by owner, you're gonna net more? Have a good discussion with them on that. Okay. All right, and we already covered this one. Thank you for submitting your questions and objections for Stump the Chump. Jeff Glover's real estate team has the highest per agent production in the state year after year. Want to know their secret? It's Sales Rocket. Skills, leads, systems, and it's available to you too. Sales Rocket is the virtual training platform that Jeff puts all of his agents through. In 31 pre-recorded video sessions taught by Jeff Glover himself, you'll master lead generation, lead conversion, presentation skills, time management, implementation of scalable systems, and more, all at your own pace. It's everything you need to know and do to accelerate your production and close more transactions. Access Jeff Glover's own training platform, Sales Rocket, at gloveru.com slash salesrocket. Get started today.